Hey, future applauders. Do you like talking about movies? Like smart movies? Dumb movies? Science fiction movies? Horror movies? Fantasy movies? Do you like listening to people talk about a movie longer than it would take you to actually watch the movie? Do you sit with your friends and rant at great length about things you're passionate about? You may be interested in Shocked and Applaud. Join us while we go through peculiar movies, traditional movies, movies that we just like, movies that we find are sort of like, huh? Do we follow somebody on social media and then they posted about a movie and we're just going to watch it now? Sure, why not? Our podcast is completely unscripted, so you're going to stumble through things with us because we stumble a lot. We're going to laugh. We're going to talk about what's problematic, but really it comes down to talking about movies. You can visit us at shockedandapplaud.com, on Twitter at shockedapplaud, and Facebook at shockedandapplaud. We hope to see you there. I'm Bill Maddox. And I'm Ashley Chancellor. And this is Collateral Cinema at the Movies. Welcome to Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters, where we focus on good movies, bad movies, and everything else in between in the world of cinema. We are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it. And you're definitely going to want to smoke it for these movies. I mean, (laughs) because I'm going to kind of make... I don't know, maybe it's a little bit of a hot take on this movie, but it's Thor Love and Thunder, by the way, Mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen. I kind of feel that these are like stoner movies. You mean like Waititi's Ragnarok and Love and Thunder? Yeah, yeah, Ragnarok and Love, like specifically Taika Waititi's movies. These are stoner movies all the way through. The closest thing I think that the MCU has to stoner movies, for sure. I totally respect that and I, I agree with it. Um, so Love and Thunder, of course, the comparisons to Ragnarok are are going to be all over the place because of all the hype and whatnot. But, you know, I, I came into this movie, you know, completely open minded. I'd already heard both things about it. And I got to say, I fucking love it. YTD knocks it out of the park again. The question is, is it better than Ragnarok? Well, we'll, we'll talk about that, I guess, this episode. Yeah, I mean, for me, I didn't even really see Ragnarok before I saw Love and Thunder. No, so, but I made you watch it. Yeah, well, we re- we yeah we watched it uh, after the fact. I mean, so I will say this: that maybe my uh, take on it uh, might be, you know, a little uh, colored by that, you know, since I didn't see Ragnarok to put it in context with uh, Love and Thunder. Yeah, but honestly, I enjoyed both movies, even watching them. Uh, you know, out of turn, out of turn. This one makes a lot of callbacks to it. So, you know, I think the comparison is fair. You've got the same director uh, and he actually promised that this was a better movie. I, I, Taika said something to that effect, you know, like that he, that he really thought that they were going greater places. He hyped it up. And, uh, 
Yeah. So, you know, we I, you come into this movie with some expectations and I'm not going to say he failed to deliver on anything, really. Uh, some of there's been some complaints thrown out about, I think, uh, the pacing, which I guess I understand don't have an issue with because Ragnarok kind of is the same with its pacing, especially in the beginning. More or less, yeah. Yeah, uh, some other comparisons, some other complaints that have been thrown out have been aimed at, you know, the humor maybe being, like, taking too much and, you know, the fact that they made a joke out of every serious moment is, is so what people are saying. I don't agree. I thought that the humor was actually balanced. Yeah, I mean, first off, I mean, I think that it is really important for the MCU to have movies like this that are more or less, like, you know, raucous stoner comedies in a way. You know? Right. I mean, it adds levity to everything, you know, that just was not really there in the other Thor movies. It's kind of why I don't really care for the other Thor movies, maybe except for, you know, Ragnarok in the first one, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, these two these two movies... So, so Bo, you don't care for, for The Dark World is what you're saying? No, I don't really care for that one at all. <laughs> this is the really only don't. other one. <laughs> I know it's the only other one, but it's just like... I, I'm, I'm kind of counting his uh, appearances in uh, The Avengers a little bit there. Fair enough. So, I mean, compared to all of that, it's like, yeah, Dark Worlds is the weakest. And maybe, you know, his uh, role in the first in Infinity Saga or in, in Infinity War. Oh, I thought Thor was great in Infinity he War. He was better in Endgame. But he was even better. Like, was, I, I love I, I the felt, character. Yeah, game. I felt that he was way better in Endgame. Well, and you got to remember, like... Infinity War Thor was written before Hemsworth had intervened and decided to make the character match that of of uh, Ragnarok Thor. And that was kind of last minute. So, okay. you know, with with that in perspective, we know that the character wasn't originally written in the same tone. And Hemsworth kind of just threw that in for continuity uh, on his own. Right. Uh, in game, really, they actually ran with it. They made some changes. They decided to to write it that way, you know, taking that into account, and that's why it worked. And yeah. that's why this movie feels like a perfect continuation of his character in In Game. I mean, it, you really are, and it and it starts off exactly in the place where the character was left. He's journeying with the Guardians. We get a five minute montage scene and we get some additional dialogue between them. And then, you know, I'll go ahead and say the guardians exit the movie very quickly. Yeah. And then we get to the rest of it. But during the moment that they're on screen, we kind of get everything that we want out of a, a Thor and, and guardians. We even get kind of a training montage scene of him getting into shape, losing the, the, uh, the dad bod, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. And, and, you know, he also has that hat, you know, it's supposed to be like, all of the Avengers, you know, the strongest Avenger. He just crosses all them out, and it just keeps Thor there, and like strongest Avenger. Strongest, yes. Like, <laughs> I love it because, and that's again a callback to his last film, you know, the with uh, the last solo venture, uh, Ragnarok. Yeah, you know, there there was an, a, a a gag about that, and I love that Waititi makes so many callbacks to his own work and also to the MCU at large and Thor's journey up to that point. Uh, the comics. Some of the scenes in this movie were taken straight up out of the comics. There's one of the, that one shot that's in the trailer of them looking over that huge beast that's like it's been he's it, been murdered. It has yeah, been, it's been yeah. duplicated near perfectly from a comic panel. It is it is amazing. 
Wow, yeah. Yeah, we watched uh, one of the videos. I think it was that Easter egg video. That, that yeah, was, we, we the, watched the breakdown. a breakdown video, but I've seen that pointed out, too, like back when the trailer came out, you know, people were talking about Yeah, see, about I it. mean, of course, I don't have that context to go off of because I never was a huge fan of any of those comics <laughs> growing and up at any time. Me so, either, but... But, I mean, just seeing that that just ginormous fucking like lizard creature it's like it almost looks like an scp that's just <laughs> died and it's been terminated you know it's a cool fucking shot it really is it's badass it's actually kind of metal even yeah and in an exact duplication of a comic book shot yeah, which yeah, is super cool and, and when i actually saw that comparison it's like man it's like almost sketch perfect pretty much like yeah and and taika he deviates from the comics quite a bit i mean even back in ragnarok you know, changing Hela from being in both the the uh, original Norse mythology and in the in the Marvel comics universe, uh, being his daughter to his you know their sister. Uh, there have been changes like that, and then this one, one of the big things was Gore's appearance, which apparently was changed somewhat so that he didn't look too much like Voldemort. <laughs> that was a, con- a uh, concern that a Waititi brought up, like specifically, and, and it it does ring true. I mean. There's just no way that they could make the makeup look any, you know, different from Voldemort. I mean, I don't see how they could have done it. Yeah. I mean, and they didn't do the tentacles. I think that's really what people were kind of complaining about. But I don't care. That doesn't bother me. Um, I thought that Bale was one of the standout performances in this movie. I can't help but think that Christian Bale was just like, I'll do this, but no fucking tentacles, please. (laughs) It's like, like, he's the one who specifically cut the tentacles. I, I have a what? feeling. I I actually would believe that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Bale is phenomenal. Bale and Portman are the standout performances in this movie. Uh, but Christian Bale just completely brings it his all with uh, Gore the God Butcher, which, by the way, the film opens up with yeah, his and, origin. Yeah, I mean, it, it's actually a really good cold opening. You know, they, it actually didn't have any of the uh, logos or anything beforehand. Mm-hmm. Like, you just you just go right into it like from like the previous uh you know the uh the beginning of the movie you right know? like it, like what they what the theater shows you and everything but i mean i really like how you know he's just so desperate so desolate i mean he's his daughter is uh, his, her life is on the line and he's just desperately trying to find his deity and then he finally finds him and he becomes disillusioned yeah, I know. Like, it's metal as fuck. It is. It's metal. He kills a fucking god. By the That's way. straight up deicide. There's a band called Deicide. Yeah. And they are metal as fuck. That is metal. Let's go Let's go kill God. Are we going to go on a, a JRPG adventure where we where we kill God? Yeah, that's right. We go and we kill a bunch of gods and we uh, meet <laughs> our uh, our childhood friend who ends up being our love interests. And, and uh, you know, we, we get big ass swords and guns and everything. <laughs> and then we start wearing ridiculous armor that, 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 that ups our stats, man. We, we got to do it. Got to do it. Unless yeah. you're a woman, then it's skimpier armor. Skimpier armor, but, you know, the stats are, like, just insane. Insane. Somehow. <laughs> but, yeah, no, the movie opens up with Gore. You know, right off the bat, we get to see his the villain, the villain origin story. You know, of course, everybody knows Gore is the guy that, like, his family dies, and he decides that the gods have abandoned him, and he's going to kill all the gods, right? That's basically what happens is... His daughter dies. Well, he, he and, and and he pretty much gets full on confirmation that the gods do not fucking care. Do about not give him. a fuck. No. And you know you very quickly see that change. By the way, his daughter is played by Chris Hemsworth's actual daughter, India. 
Yeah, that's really cool. I, I, that's actually a theme in this entire fucking movie is that almost all of the cast, their kids are in this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I'm almost surprised that the kid that played Axel wasn't actually Idris Elba's kid. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised that wasn't the case. Yeah, well, Thor's, so Thor's daughter, his sons play him. Yeah. As a child. Yeah. Uh, I know Natalie Portman's kids were involved, were some of the Asgardian children, Taika Waititi's children, and apparently some of the other. I'm pretty sure Ta- Waititi's daughter is Christian the one. Bale. I- I'm sure that one of Waititi's daughters is the one that has the uh, bunny. Maybe. I don't Maybe. know. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. Like this movie managed to make a scene, and I'm not going to go into detail because it's, it's spoiler territory, but, you know, yeah. like, y- y- you know, like, it's a scene that could have gone a lot more cringe and it actually wasn't. It was fucking awesome. It really was. Y- you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh yeah, man. Like it just a total power up and everything just goes crazy. It's I mean, you awesome. think about it and you're like, you know, it, that's kind of stupid, but you're having such fun with it. And it's like, who gives a fuck? Oh yeah. In many ways it is a stupid movie. But it's gleefully it's stupid. Fun, stupid. It's yeah, no, 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 yeah. no. And it's smart too. Like, like you know, the, the, it's stupid in a sense of like, oh my god, like this doesn't, you know, this doesn't, this stretches. You, you know what I mean? It, it's goofy. But the the story itself, you know, and the characters are written smartly, and that's what YTD excels at. Exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, something that uh, Ragnarok does you know is that it is that it has a plan it knows where it's going to go with its characters and, and where to put them uh and i've i've heard some people say that, that love and thunder has less of a plan but i think it does have a plan it's just a very different one yeah exactly i mean because i mean they they had to go through the uh and address the actual relationship path between jane and thor more or less i mean right that had to come back and that had to be a thing especially if you were going to get lady thor in here it's you know? a romance story at its heart and ytd even you know he actually said that before the movie came out yeah, it's, was- it's pretty it's pretty much a psychedelic stoner rom-com yeah, pretty much. That's what it is. It's great, and, it, and you know, you've got you've got the the romantic comedy, you know, uh, elements with the relationship between you know Thor and Jane, and then it'll cut back into your typical Marvel action, and then you've got the fucking love triangle between Thor and Mjolnir and Stormbreaker. <laughs> that is the best thing, which ever. is a running gag in this movie. It, 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 really, it is just it really like is. the fucking meme of the guy looking at the other girl, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, yeah, Thor, he, he's constantly trying to get Mjolnir back. And it's just like, no, Stormbreaker is just like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like straight up, like at one point, even just kind of floats up and kind of confronts Thor head on, like face on, you know? Right. And the, the thing is, is that Mjolnir has has decided to employ itself with, to Jane, you know? Like Mjolnir is, uh, has, you know, Jane Foster is now the new... Uh, the new owner of Mjolnir, something that was teased, you know, the announced the, the minute that the film was announced. Yeah. Yeah. And and I and I like how it's very subtle how they explain how Mjolnir finds Jane worthy. You know, it's yeah. because it's because of Thor kind of use because he's absorbed or Odin's powers, he's kind of, you know, he he kind of extends that uh, charm that he put on it. You know? Exactly. Extends so, it to Jane. So right. that's actually a really cool little uh, little moment and it and it uh, pays 
bit dividends later on in the it story. It pays off later it on. Pays right. off. We yeah. get to see Thor actually tapping into some of those powers, you know, that he has, uh, not only as an Asgardian, but as the son of Odin, right? Yeah. And and, and that's really cool. That I think that's what makes what, you know, hit this hits this movie for me and you know it, it made some scenes just work so much better than you know they could have gone but i i love that we have we're, we're doing the mighty thor jane storyline here you know where we have jane and that's ripped straight from the comics she has cancer and but she also has mjolnir and and it's making things worse but she's you know not dying and but she's Thor, Thor. She's not Lady Thor. They make a point of that in the movie too. Yeah, she's, you know? the, she's Thor. She's, she, she is, is a Thor, the Mighty Thor. She's the which Mighty is, Thor. It's funny because that actually was Thor's epithet before, but it's now become like her name. So yeah, whatever. We'll go. We'll run with it. Um, but she's the Mighty Thor. Okay, just to differentiate, and she's on equal footing with him. And so I think that's why the the chemistry works so much better because between Chris Hemsworth and between Natalie Portman in this movie than they did before because you know it was just very by the numbers was it unbelievable no did they i mean they the actors worked but it just felt like they were reading lines it, you know in this movie we actually see genuine chemistry and i had heard that you know natalie portman decided to actually rejoin the franchise after talking to taika waititi and by putting her on equal footing with thor and so she's no longer fawning over you know, the hot man God, you know, it's it's more so like they have a, another dynamic that they can explore. And now, I think now they're on equal footing. Exactly. Yeah. And also, can I say that it was uh, totally based of uh, of Hemsworth to not not eat meat for a few days before doing the kiss with uh, Natalie Portman? That, that's been reported now. <laughs> you know what? So, that because actually Natalie is Portman is vegan, also based... <laughs> I'm By not vegan, as our listeners will know, but uh, I actually think that is kind of based. What a that, that, that's total he, based, very moment. based of him. Hell yeah! And Natalie Portman is a based vegan, so <laughs> Natalie Portman, uh, by the way, fucking god damn, yeah, she's amazing in this movie. Honestly, <laughs> mommy, sorry, mommy, sorry, this motherfucker. <laughs> god damn it, man. God damn it. But you know what? They let Thor be man candy in this movie. You know what I'm going to say? Like, regardless of the way that you feel about, you know, the movie, you, you pay somewhere between 10 to $15 to see Chris Hemsworth's ass. Uh-huh. You got to show ass to sell movie. Got to show ass to sell movie, Greg. Exactly, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> you can't God complain, man. You got to see Chris Hemsworth's ass. Um, and... You know, and, and Natalie Portman just being a total fucking badass. Oh, fuck yeah, man. I mean, every scene that she's in, I mean, she just takes the lead. And she just, I mean, honestly, she's more dynamic than even Hemsworth in the role as Thor. You know, Right. I mean, and just the fact that she still has that duality there, you know, like she's, you know, she's actually still dying and everything, you know. But, you know, Mjolnir kind of uh, powder up because of uh, the whole charm and everything. So it's like, it's, it's this dynamic where, you know, she only has so much time, but you know, she's, she's at least useful in her right. own, in her own way. You know, she's, she's found out that, you know, she can actually, you know, help Thor, you know, right. by being Thor. Right. Exactly. And it, it's, it is actually just a lot better. I think take a white TD, 
does a love story better than Kenneth Branagh or whoever the fuck did Dark World. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, I don't think any of the Thor movies are bad movies. I don't think any of the MCU movies are bad movies, but there are some that are definitely weaker than others. And Thor The Dark World, you know, gets the rap as the worst MCU movie. It it, it may be the weakest one. It's it's kind of hard for me to say. It's definitely down there. Yeah. Um, but it's not a bad movie. I mean, it actually, as far as character development goes, it kind of set the, the start of the process of Loki's character development. Um, that's something interesting, right? I mean, we've got actually the first Thor movie without Loki. Yeah. No yeah. Tom Hiddleston. Uh, so, you know, like it's, it, so that's a question of can this movie, you know, can a Thor movie carry without that dynamic, which Ragnarok played really well. Yeah. You know, can we focus on something else? Can we do Thor and Jane? And I, I think the answer is yes. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting that, you know, yeah, we don't have Tom Hiddleston in this movie. It's That adds a completely different dynamic to everything, you know? Exactly. I mean, but yeah. he had his own character journey in Loki. Them ha experiencing those separate character journeys, I think, is going to pay off. Yeah. If definitely. these characters, you know, meet, and inevitably I think they will. Oh, it, without a doubt they will. You know, yeah, we'll get Loki variant. Loki variant is going to show up, or, or, or at least Thor is going to show up in Loki or something. Right. So I, I'm excited to see that and, you know, to see, you know, maybe have Thor show up in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I mean, I know they parted ways, but, you know, if you really want to capitalize on that dynamic, you know, not as a not as a, it, 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 as much of a, a role as maybe the Guardians were in this movie. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> I mean, may, maybe have some montages that kind of shows what's been happening with them and everything. Mm hmm. That would that'd be fun. Something I don't know. It would be cool because yeah, you get a little bit of, of that dynamic in this movie, but you know, um, I would definitely love to see it explored more. Of course, we also have Tessa Thompson playing uh, Valkyrie or Brunhild, I think is her actual name. But uh, to me, she name. was she was a real breakout in Ragnarok. To me, like she was yeah. like very notable. Her and uh, Ytd as Korg. I think she had a little bit more of a role in Ragnarok. In fact, it almost feels like something happened and they had to cut her out of the last act of the movie. Yeah, that, that, that's weird. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, I'm not yeah. going to get into it, but y y y you did think that was odd, right? How like they kind of just cut her role short there and it's like something must have happened behind the scenes. I don't, I really can't speculate, you know, I yeah. mean, I'm not really that privy to those types of uh, politics behind the scenes and whatnot when it comes to these movies. Well, I just think maybe like scheduling conflicts or something. It could have been something as simple as scheduling conflicts. Yeah. More that, than, that's, more than that's, likely. that's actually all I'm suggesting, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, but, but what time that she does have in the movie and it, it is, a, she is, you know, throughout uh, the, at least the first couple acts of the movie. Um, I mean, she, at she, least, she does stand out on screen and they kind of actually do explore her, her bisexuality as yeah, promised. Yeah. You know, it's not like a full blown, uh, like so side plot or anything. It's just kind of just peppered throughout and it's fine. I think it totally works. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 and I've liked the old dynamic where she's pretty much, uh, she's taken up the lead role in, uh, new Asgardia and has turned it into something way different than Asgard ever was, mm -hmm. you know, which is more commercialized. 
yeah, the new Asgard that, you know, we got to see a, a bit of an in-game. Now we see kind of, you know, explored in more detail and we see this like tourist att- attraction. It's a tourist trap now. It's and, like, and what the fuck? We even have the spot where Mjolnir, you know, it literally the same spot where it was in uh, Ragnarok because they couldn't remove it. Yeah. So the, the, the fragments are just there in like a little pedestal that they've built. And yep. it's, it's all about, you know, monument and, you know, kind of making everything into an attraction or a museum or whatever, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I thought that that was pretty cool uh, to see, you know, more of new Asgard and see, you know, what's going on with, you know, the kids that grow up here and, you know, how, how is that balanced and how do Asgardians and regular people, tourists interact? And it's actually pretty, it, it I, I, lo- I loved it. I love that aspect of it. I love that they spend as much time as they did with it. Oh, definitely. You know, and and it's great to see the Asgardians, you know, actually kind of take root somewhere mm-hmm. and actually start to thrive. Yeah, you know, you know, after after everything they had been through, you know. Oh yeah, because you know the Asgardians were fucking decimated in you know Ragnarok. Most of the fighters, they even state that at the beginning of Infinity War. You know, like we don't yeah. really have any fighters on board. Everyone that's left are just, you know, like the women and children and the non-fighters, and um. You know, and then that population was cut in half when Thanos attacked the statesmen at the beginning of Infinity War. Yeah. And then once again, their population was halved with the snap and then restored again. But still, you know, like, fuck, man, the Asgardians can't catch a break. Yeah, but they're still so resilient, though. Yeah. Very resilient. And, you know, it's it's good to see them kind of, you know, kind of doing pretty doing all right, you know, at least until Gore shows up, you know. Right, right. So, and and we still have this like post snap. Uh, we still have this post snap story, you know, like where the timeline where the MCU currently is is kept, and the snap isn't actually referenced as much, you know, in, in this work as it is in others. In fact, you know, there's no multiverse shenanigans to speak of. This is very much a standalone movie. Yeah, I think this is because there's just, you know, starting to become some distance in universe from that event now, you know? Well, and Ragnarok like, was the same, but had oscillations. Yeah. And this movie does too, I think, by the end. I mean, you know, actually, you know implications for where Thor and Asgard are going to go in the future. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I did... I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> stoner. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking stoner. God damn it. Yeah, but I think that I kind of get what you were saying, you know? I mean, Asgard is, new Asgard is a compelling set piece, more or less, you know? And and it, and it goes through even more bullshit, you know? But they still stay yeah. strong. Yeah, no, they do. So, and, and I think that, oh, I was going to say, you know, actually, the only reference this movie actually makes to the to the blip at all, or the snap, uh, is uh, is very subtle and, and this line is in the trailer but when Thor uh, and and Jane are musing about their relationship and it ending and uh, we get to see you know and, and she asks how long has it been and he says like eight years or seven months and blah 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 and then she's like oh you know how long you know she thought it was just like three or four four or five years or whatever three or four years whatever she said and if you think about it the math actually works out um, she was blipped. Yeah, so for she, five she years, was. she was gone. Yeah, that's why there's a you know there's a discrepancy between 
and I thought that was actually kind of a cool little reference. There's lots of little Easter eggs like that. Oh yeah, all, all over this movie. Like especially when you, uh, like when you start getting into more like Marvel lore when it comes to like you know the Celestials and whatnot and the gods yes. and everything. It's like yeah. lots of lore here. Lots of lore. Um, I, I yeah, I guess we the, the Celestials are involved, but we can't say much more than that. Yeah. But yeah, no, and I do love that the uh, the expansion of lore because this movie does have serious implications about uh, the gods. Because let's talk about that scene, you know, in an omnipotent city where they meet all the other gods. You've got Russell Crowe as Zeus. Woo! Oh man, he was great <laughs> with a Greek accent and everything, and so many fucking wacky gods from all sorts of cultures, and you know, just so many performances and and Easter eggs, and and just that one scene is really great. But let's not let's not forget the the most mightiest god of all, Bao, the Bao. The, the, the bun <laughs> the bun god. <laughs> yeah, that's we all the, have that's all seen the, the memes by now. No, that is the uh, that is the one true god right there. <laughs> that, that's that, my, my prediction is is that the Zeus that we saw is just a rejection of Zeus. That's why he didn't technically die, and the uh, Zeus is actually just disguised as Bow. <laughs> oh, that would be genius! Take done it again. Yeah, right. Wouldn't that be amazing? That would be. But yeah, no, I, I love uh, that we get a peek at, you know, well, okay, other gods exist. So it's not just the Asgardians. We're living in a much bigger universe than and or multiverse, really, yeah. you know, than we've imagined. Uh, Moon Knight touched upon it, you know, the idea of multiple gods and different afterlives. So and, and this movie, I think, dives into it even a little bit further. Yeah. Yeah. We get to see, you know, like all these different types of gods interacting, which is funny because, you know, earlier, I think in like the dark world, they mentioned something like we're not gods, actually, you know. And, yeah. And this movie's kind of doubling down on, but actually they're gods. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> so and, and, and I think nothing actually has been, you know, contradicted here. They are highly advanced beings that are worshipped as gods. And this movie even shows that to a, a deeper extent. They're called gods, but they're every bit as fallible as you or me. Oh, very much so. Probably even more so because of their uh, their status as gods, I would right. say. But, I mean, that's not even that far removed from Greek mythology, Roman mythology, you know? It really isn't. Norse mythology. <laughs> yeah, it really isn't. I mean, Especially. that's a that's a clusterfuck of like family of like family bullshit pretty much, you know? Yeah. Like especially when you get into Greek and Roman mythology. Right. Just or like any any of those pa like patriarchal or matriarchal uh, types of uh, you know, mythologies. You know what? Russell Crowe is the Jeff Goldblum of this movie. He is. He kind of totally. takes the, the the role of the grandmaster as the just kind of the which An antagonistic force that unfortunately, which oh, by the way, I had to interrupt. Unfortunately, we almost got the, the uh... kids get to popcorn now. Let me tell you the story of the space Viking Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man, he was a god. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. When he got in shape, he went from dead bod. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and only Thor. Oh, spoke too soon. Jane? The old ex-girlfriend. What's it been like? Three, four years? Eight years, seven months, and six days. Give or take. 
amazing feeling. off your disguise and flip oh you flip too hard damn it shall we help him and eventually grape the, we all we almost got the grandmaster again you know, and that was funny because I we remember that him. that was teased early on. A lot of this movie got cut, and uh, Taika was actually pretty upfront about that. Yeah. Uh, saying that, and apparently he thinks that uh, director's cuts are bullshit, <laughs> which kind of based, actually. I mean, I guess so. I don't agree necessarily, but based nonetheless. I mean, he, he needs to at least release the deleted scenes then. He no, should release pull, the deleted don't pull scenes. A, don't pull a Kubrick on us, YTD. And we'll understand, you know, like, this is not canon, you know, because, you know, we may want to take this character in a different direction or something to that effect, but, you know... Yeah, release the deleted scenes. We need to see it. We don't. I guess we're not going to do a release the YTD cut... No, but because no. he doesn't want that. But I think that, you know, YTD should release the deleted scenes or, you know, at least the ones with Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Or probably yeah. like the one, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we got the return of uh, Matt Damon, Loki and uh, Chris Hem or sorry, Luke Hemsworth, Thor, Sam Neill as Odin. And now uh, Melissa McCarthy as Hella in yet another stage play reenactment of the previous film, just like Ragnarok did. So, you know, that that was a lot of fun to see those performances once again. And, you know, even that expanded on and to work with that gag a little bit more, which, by the way, that was announced well before the movie coming out. So I, I knew that scene was coming. But nonetheless, you know, seeing it unfold in front of me and seeing Taika kind of almost parody his own work. Yeah, no, it's it's a total parody almost, actually. It worked in Ragnarok because Dark World was bad, and I think YTD realized that. But it also works in Love and Thunder because it's like he's just satirizing his own work. Like, that's fucking base as fuck. Yeah, and in a way, he's satirizing the MCU again, you know? I mean, he's... All the conventions that you usually see in these movies, like especially when you talk about like the Avengers movies and whatnot, like they're pretty much subverted in, in like both of these movies. Yeah, so many, so many of them, so many of you know, and also even taking you know the sacrifices uh, that have come forth and and it, <laughs> you know, there's that one scene for instance. Uh, and this is another trailer shot. So if you zoom in on the trailer, you can look and see on Thor's back. There's an R.I.P. Loki. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it's it's actually it's it's really interesting to see uh, 
where this character has come and him questioning that and him starting, you know, like continuing on the path that was mentioned, you know, at the end of Endgame. Yeah. And exploring that. And I think that this movie, you know, kind of fulfills that character journey. If this were the last solo Thor film, it would work. I would love to see Chris Hemsworth return and do another Thor, though. I, In fact, you know, we obviously know that at some point that is happening. It will happen. Yeah, we're going to get Thor again. Right. I mean, I, I, I think that it's a given. But, I mean, we already, I mean, we already got an announcement for the next couple of phases of uh, MCU films. This is true, actually. This just happened today as of the time of recording. But we, yeah, you know, obviously the new announcement with the... Uh, uh, phase uh, five and six titles announced. Uh, phases four through six are now going to be called the Multiverse Saga, uh, and Phase four is actually ending with uh, with Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Yeah, that was actually something that uh, took a lot of people by surprise. Believe it or not, they were just like, "Oh, okay, so the phase is already over." It's like, "Oh, right. okay." Which makes sense because it does have a lot of content in this current phase. Like if yeah. you factor in the Disney Plus shows. It's kind of like, yeah, I mean, we released a bunch of shit. It went a lot faster, but, you know, be- they've been keeping us sat- satiated. And, you know, between that and between all like the Star Wars content, which is doing the same thing, it's actually an effective strategy. I like what Marvel and Disney are doing with, you know, the the series and the movies working together to tell a story. You can take characters that work better in a feature film and throw them in a feature film. You can take characters and stories that work better in a serial format and do that. So I- I'm, you know... Like, it's actually totally fitting that we've got Moon Knight and then followed by that, you know, Miss Marvel and then Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> you know, and this movie is released, was released actually, you know, between, uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, the last few episodes of Miss Marvel. So you've got those things running concurrently. And that's crazy to think about, you know, just juxtaposing those two events. Yeah, it's pretty much just a different era for the MCU, you know? I mean, the, the multiverse saga so far has uh, started off with an interesting uh, angle, like especially yeah. with the uh, multiverse of madness. Yeah, and a lot of the films that were, I guess, uh, you know, a couple of the, the films that were slated for Phase 4 have now been moved to Phase 5, so we're going to open up Phase 5 with Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, uh, another one that I'm excited about, we're getting Guardians Volume 3, which is um, the, probably the, the one that I'm most excited about next. Yeah. And isn't Inhumans coming in somewhere there, or am no. I mistaken? That's no. going to be later. They're, no, they haven't announced that they're doing anything with the Inhumans. Oh, well, okay then. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, they did the TV series, and uh, it, I think they're trying to distance themselves from that and try to figure out like what they're going to do before they, they drop yeah. Inhumans. Yeah into anything but yeah no like i'm super stoked to see where the mcu goes from here like i think that the mcu is thriving if you were worried that you know in game was kind of the end of that peak it wasn't you know no way home for instance you know again uh reached just mind-blowing levels of, of hype and, and and taking these characters in interesting places and i would argue that uh you know dr strange in the multiverse of madness and thor love and thunder really pushed the envelope as well they really did. I mean, especially as far as pure entertainment value out of these stories and out of these characters as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, and especially getting directors like Raimi and Waititi to just make movies that they want to make. 
with you these know, characters. I think that's what I like. You know, some, some of my best, my, my favorite Marvel films are the ones where you take a director who has a particular style, let them run away with it. They let Taika Waititi do it. They let James Gunn do it, you know, and they let Sam Raimi do it. Yeah. And exactly. I think that that is incredible. That's what the MCU is about. And and I think that having movies that fulfill so many different genres, you know, even within the superhero genre. Yeah. And then there's the big thing where Disney Plus finally released Logan in the first two Deadpool movies. Fully yeah. R-rated. We've got the first R-rated films uh, on uh, Disney Plus. Yeah. That's, that's fucking awesome, man. Like, yeah. geez. <laughs> and, and and it's like you know that bodes well for the future of the MCU. That hopefully we will start getting more uh, adult-oriented movies. Deadpool Deadpool three is supposed to be R-rated, and that's going to be um, MCU. I as from what I heard, yes. Uh, Excellent. From what I heard, uh, the uh, you know at least Marvel Studios, and then from what I heard, uh, Blade is not going to be r-rated so i hope that they they change that no and that change, it is change that immediately blade has to be r-rated it has to be yeah i think that that you know if you're going to do it with deadpool do it with blade come on it deserves it but yeah i'm excited about that so that's coming out in phase four and then we are getting in phase six uh avengers the king dynasty and avengers secret wars that's going to be interesting. They're like going to cap off phase six. Uh, Fantastic Four is coming in phase six. Oh, wow. No shit. No mention of anything mutants yet, which is interesting because uh, the mutants have been hinted at in more than one work. Well, give it time. I'm sure that we will have some type of news about that. So Yeah, I think yeah. so. Uh, and also Spider-Man, because I think that you know somewhere with, between uh, phases five and six, we will get you know at least the next... Uh, spider-man movie with tom holland yeah he, he didn't want to do them for a little while and that's you know that i respect that and everything but eventually yeah we are going to have to get a, a continuation of that i think he announced he is going to keep doing it he's just you know for right now he's taking a break and he's not thinking about it and he's not you know contracted yeah. anything nothing's yeah. in the works at the moment but i i i want to say that it you know he is going to continue to do it now whether or not we're going to get some of the other actors yeah, uh, Garfield anyway. and McGuire. Yeah, so, yeah, that'd be interesting. Well, if we got, <laughs> no, be great. no, I know they're not going to be in it, but no, no, no I'm, I'm talking about them getting their own movies. They should. Yeah, like outside of the MCU, like totally. Toby like, McGuire like, and Andrew Garfield need to get their own. Like, like no, no, no. Like, they, they need to get their, Yeah, they need to get the conclusion to their the stories. Only, the one thing Sony can do to like redeem themselves right now is just go ahead and do. Spider-Man 4 and the Amazing Spider-Man 3. If you want to tie Amazing Spider-Man 3 to your, like, your Sony verse. I, I demand that they do this so that they can have Morbius in it. Yes. <laughs> I demand this. We need the Spider-Man to get morbed. We need Andrew Garfield versus Morbius. That would be the most amazing thing in the history <laughs> of the world. Like, straight up. Andrew Garfield, the Spidey, versus fucking Morbius. Mm -hmm. It's like, fuck yeah, man. Fuck yeah. Because, you know, it is still Morbid time. It's always Morbid time. It's always you know, Morbid time. I, you know, we, we thought we killed the meme, but I don't know. The meme's persisting. You know what my favorite part of this movie was? When, when, when Jane was trying to come up with, you know, with catchy, with, with a, a with catchphrase. A catchphrase, yeah. And she came out and she said, it's Thorbin time. It's Thorbin time. And then eventually she was just like, it's Portman time. It's Portman time. 
<laughs> what if what if that's what she whispered in his ear? That would be immortal. <laughs> That'd be the greatest line in, in history of anything. If they if they actually show that it's like it's Thorfinn time. You know that apparently uh Taika Waititi doesn't know what she says there? Really? Yeah. Huh. Funny story. Uh and if you watch the movie, you'll know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm, exactly. And if you have watched it, then you do know what we're talking about. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I guess we'll sort of wrap things up here. Uh, anything else to add? Any final thoughts about Thor, Love and Thunder? Get really, really high and watch both Ragnarok and Love and the Thunder. You, you will not be disappointed there. Because, like I said, this these are the stoner movies of the MCU. If you approach it that way, it actually makes a lot a lot more sense. And Love and Thunder makes a lot more sense because, it, I mean, even with the outrun, you know, look and everything, and kind of the '80s vibe, you know, with like, uh, you know, with the Guns and Roses and whatnot. The Guns and Roses, man. I, yeah. I we didn't even talk about we didn't that. We didn't even but talk the about soundtrack. that. But th- that just makes it a stoner movie, just by proxy, right there. Most of the soundtrack was Guns and Roses, and I am fucking here for it. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> it fits. It fits in with the themes of the movie, and it fits in with you know just what you know just the comeback that Thor had after you know Dad bod Thor. Mm-hmm. So you know it was it, it was really cool. Yeah, no. And like, honestly, yeah, at the end, Sweet Child of Mine, it actually was very moving. See, and I'm a sucker for November Rain. Yeah, you would be the type of song that listen to that long ass fucking <laughs> dredge of a song. Oh, I love it. That the the riff, you know, at the end just ah, it gets me. But and I think the movie does capitalize on it, and it's great. But you know, I, as, as far as my final thoughts go, um, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna so expand go on that. November rain, especially given with uh, what happens near the end of the movie, it would have been way too on the nose. <laughs> it would have been way too on the nose to really make sense. It actually would have detracted from the movie. That's what <laughs> I think. But, yeah. Anyway, yeah. R- watch both Ragnarok and Love and Thunder together if you can and get very, very high while doing it. Preferably. Like, yeah. yeah, definitely. And how, how about you, Ash? What are, what are your thoughts? So, yeah, like... Honestly, this movie really works as a companion piece with Ragnarok. Like, if you get really stoned and you just watch both movies back to back, you know, wait for this movie to to go streaming if you don't think that you're all that excited to go to the theater to see it, or if you're still on the fence. I, I would I would say you know maybe wait and, and wait till it comes out on Disney Plus. Stream both of those together, or fuck it, do Thor's journey from you know Ragnarok, you know, through Infinity War, Endgame, and and Love and Thunder because I think that sequence works as well yeah and, and mean, you don't really even have to start with the first two thor movies <laughs> and, and, and Lo- love and thunder it's the perfect cap to that uh, whole arc right there yeah you know, it's the perfect way to kind of end everything yeah so they start thor on a you know a, a, a character arc which we had thought was concluded in Endgame. game i think they even mentioned that and in this game this movie seemed to even kind of to book in that, yeah, you know, give us sort of an epilogue, and and I really appreciate that. I think it's really nice, and then that's not to say that Thor's done. You know, it's just the next chapter. Where are they going to take this character? You know, in the future, um, I don't think he he'll be as centerpiece to the MCU as before, but we'll see. I mean, we still got a you know a couple of Avengers movies. I'm sure that he will definitely be there for the Avengers. 
I, I think it, it would be criminal if he doesn't at least make an appearance. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I'm down for more YTD and, and, and Chris Hemsworth as well. Definitely. Yeah, de- definitely. It, it'd be cool to see them work with uh, something outside of the MCU. That, that would actually be pretty oh, cool. Oh, I mean, that too. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, this movie's a total fucking blast. Okay, so the question, do I love it more than Ragnarok? I can't say I love it more than Ragnarok. I, I think Ragnarok, you know, just hits a lot of high notes really, really well. But I, I will say this movie has a lot of heart and it connected to me as a father. Yeah. And yeah. it did something special that Ragnarok didn't, to its credit. Totally. So. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Ash, what's going on with Collateral Cinema and Collateral Gaming? Well, we are in the, uh, you know, season break right now. We're, we're in between uh, seasons five and six of Collateral Cinema. So, but uh, stick around. I mean, I guess we're, we're going to, you know, start out season six with the human centipede. Yeah, we're going to make we're going to make that kind of tentative. But, yeah, we're going to start it off. Tentative. What? I don't know. There was mention of the monster squad. Okay. It's like that could be a good first one. <laughs> I, I don't know. I heard mention of that somewhere. Uh, I think Robert I think Robert brought it up or something. All right, whatever. I'm down for anything, but and then, and, then, and then do human say but it would probably be best to cuz cuz this this uh season that we're about to do season 6, let me say like I'm starting to program it now. This is going to be the fun season. Yeah. It's absolutely going to be a fun season. We have all kinds of stuff from the 90s. We've got, you know, some good, gushy horror films. You know, we, we have, uh, you know, some classics from uh, from the 80s mm-hmm. in the 90s, like I said. It, it's it's going to be great. Fuck yeah. Really. And, you know, hopefully Robert uh, comes up with his other uh, picks here very soon. Yeah, I'm so. excited to get to some of the things that I picked out for this season. Uh, as far as what we're doing until then, you know, any uh, new movies that are coming out that are that are worth talking about. I think, you know, as far as superhero films go, Black Adam kind of stood out to me. Yeah, that could be something interesting to check out. Could be. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know. I think we should do a movie recommendations episode before the end of the season. That would be good. And also, we still have coming up very soon. We're going to have a couple of guest spots. We're going to do a uh, interview on Geek Freaks. Mm-hmm. We're still going to do the Cowboy, Cowboy Bebop, Bebop episode with say. Retro Anime Podcast. So, guys, if you're listening, hit us up on the Discord. We can get this uh, going here pretty soon. I believe we're going to be uh, doing another uh, live stream with the Victims and Villains, another Awareness-a-thon in September. And I, I, I think we decided what the movie was, right? We're doing, we're doing Cool Cat Saves the Day. Cool Cat! Daddy Daddy Derek! Derek. Yeah, that's right. We're going to be talking about that on the live stream. So, yeah, look forward for that. And, yeah, look forward for season six. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm fucking stoked. As far as Collateral Gaming goes, we are wrapping up our season with Fire Emblem, The Blazing Blade. Uh, Whenever we get around to that, I was hoping to get that out this week, but it didn't work out. Um, But, yeah, anyway, part two of that should be out very soon, if not by the time this is released. And then uh, that wraps up season four of Collateral Gaming. We are opening up in uh, September with Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VII Remake. That's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, that means that you need to get to playing it. Yes. Like yes, immediately. <laughs> because, I mean, it, it is such a fantastic game. I, I love that game so much. <laughs> I know you do. But, 
yeah guys hit us up on our social media channels we are on twitter instagram and facebook by the way a little bit of an announcement here Uh uh-huh oh yeah that's right we have we're expanding a little bit we are expanding that's so, right. We are excited to announce the uh, that we are about to record the pilot episode of Collateral Records, a music podcast. And it's uh, with our friend Megan Price. And uh, Matt Ryan as well. And Matt Ryan as well from the uh, old uh, country, the country Club country club. Yeah. So look forward for that. It's going to be a uh, it's going to be a monthly podcast. Like I think it's going to be like one episode a month. One episode a month is all we're committing to. At the moment, yeah. So, uh, yeah because right between now. that and our other podcasts and our daily lives, but I am really excited about it. Uh, more information is going to be coming about uh, you know out about that very soon, uh, and as soon as possible, I, I'd like to get our 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 uh, pilot out. You know, oh, definitely, yeah. We're going to have to get that recorded very soon. So I I'm really excited about that. Stay stay tuned for social media channels. You know, pending in regards to that, we've designed the logo and shed, and then we're kind of working out. You know how the first season is going to run, but it's going to be a blast. Uh, I'm going to love to be exposed to more music content. You know, content in the world of music that yeah, like I've been with the world of cinema with this podcast. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's been illuminating, right? It has been. Yep. And on that note, you know, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We yeah. are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube. And also find us on Good Pods. Follow us there. Listen to our podcast there. It's great for finding indie podcasts of all types, in all genres. And uh, yeah, like our stuff and help us climb the uh, indie podcast charts. Like we, we chart there from time to time and we always uh, we're always thankful for that. So, yeah, check us out there and also check us out on Patreon. We have one dollar and five dollar tiers and we have exclusive full length feature commentaries for movies like The Room. I believe we did Freddy Got Fingered. And we, we should work on some of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Break. We're, yeah, we're going to uh, probably do the Buttercream game. I think that's going to be an official. That has Patreon. to be done. Yeah, that, that's going to be an official Patreon commentary. And it will be a perfect yes. uh, side uh, side piece to our second glance uh, free commentary. We're getting so buttercreamed. We're getting buttercreamed and then morbid the morbs. That's what we're doing. <laughs> Fucking A. So, yeah, look for that. And as Ash said, all of our social media and on all of our, the other podcast apps. Fuck yeah. Fucking A. So, yeah, super fun movie. Uh, totally enjoyed, you know, uh, uh, Christian Bale. Super menacing. Love Natalie Portman and Chris Hemsworth's chemistry. Just overall, super fun. And this was a super fun episode. It was. This was a great episode. I had a lot of fun. Also, oh, fuck. We didn't even talk about Korg. My man, Korg. Oh, Korg. Yeah, what the fuck, Taika Waititi's Korg. Actually, that that's really all you have to say is Korg is there, and he's exactly the same Korg that we met in, in in Ragnarok, and for that little scene in Endgame, he is Korg. He is wholesome. He is the best thing that's ever come out of the MCU. And I'm gonna just say it right now: it's Korg in time. It's Korg in time. It's Korg in time, man. I think that's the perfect note to end that on. Exactly, it is. So with that. I'm Bo Maddox. And I'm Ashley Chancellor. And this was Collateral Cinema at the Movies. Check out Thor Love and Thunder, y'all. Laters. Oh, yeah, and fuck SCOTUS as well.
Collateral Cinema is a Collateral Media Podcast. All music and movie clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.